whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. When Doug Wilder was here to talk about No Way to Treat a Lady, we broke into a running gag about this idea of doing a show when and wherever you can. And that spawned an interesting discussion about doing the show when and wherever you can. We join that conversation already in progress. Right, it's like, you know, you see like 800 small theater companies crop mm-hmm. up every year because somebody's like, I'm not getting hired as a director or an actor. I'm going to hire myself and put on yeah. my own show. You know, and then I never used to understand that instinct until I had a show that nobody would do. And I was like, I'll just do it myself. Right. And I went, oh, no, I won't. Like, that was my next thought. I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a producer. I want to be a writer and a director, but not a producer. And like, okay. But I, I for the first time, got the that, like, I have box. something to say. It was before, before uh, I, yeah, before, well, it was Giant Box of Horn before, um, before the Fringe production. Before the Fringe, the Fringe production, production was a hit. It was, yeah, we had a lot, that was, and that was my, it was right before I got together with Danielle Molman to do it, but like, I was having a lot of trouble getting anyone to read it, which actually, I'll be a little narcissistic for a minute, because it had a lot of the same issues that shows like this do, I think, where the play was called Giant Box of Porn. Yeah. And everybody like assumed assumed that it, one of the reviews it was like there's no nudity in this there's no <laughs> sex in this I'm like no but there is a like a, there is a giant box of pornography like I don't lie about that but it's not about yeah and especially I do understand now like it was a fringe show right so like yeah. people have an expectations at a fringe to be like. Oh, show's called Giant Box of Porn. Oh, you brought me content? Yeah. I thought you were giving me nudity. <laughs> but yeah, I get that impulse and that that desire now to be like, I'm not being heard. I need to be heard. And like, that, like I'm just going to do it. And it's a great, like, let's all just put on a show kind of vibe. Yeah, we have a barn at my uncle's house. Right. <laughs> and then you're like, and will anybody come? Like, I don't know. But like, whatever. We're yeah. Gonna, yeah. That's I where... Mean, I, Nine, that's how you get better but that's too, how you do right? it like, like you have to do it i mean that's yeah. if it's filmmakers right that's all we do we're like right. you know what i got an idea and i'm yeah. making a movie <laughs> but with but what's funny about the, it's this extreme difference of like when you make a film you have the film and then you can show it to people so right. like if you have a barn you film in the barn it's like i have this stuff i'll just make this movie and then i show it to people and that's the hard part is like getting people to, to see it mm-hmm, but at least mm-hmm. you have the like you can put it online or you can do stuff like that right with a theater like you have to have a space and then you have to get folks to the space or there's no there's no show and right. that's such a like how on earth do you do especially that? nowadays you know like yeah getting people to the theater it's yeah you I mean, can't everybody their the mother theater. will I mean, watch a, hamilton right <laughs> thing of tickets uh but it's that there's so much theater in this town which is awesome mm-hmm. on one level but on another level it's like how do you how do you get noticed how do you get and there's some great i mean right. dc theater scene and, and dc metro arts are really great at at spreading the word but i mean there's only like you got to physically travel around it's a big yeah. i mean it's not a big city but there's it's know, hard to get around yeah absolutely and the people some people don't go to virginia and some right. people don't leave virginia yeah. i mean it's that's and that's just how it's how it goes and i mean I, a lot of people don't i mean th- like theater alliance you know that's a great company it's mm-hmm. in, it's in anacostia and a lot of people are like yeah, afraid to go to anacostia don't go to southeast you know? yeah no absolutely which is a shame right because they do some great when they're doing a lot of great stuff in southeast right now to try to bring people out there and it's and it seems to be slowly slowly ready. building yeah but you got to survive the lean times to get to the mm-hmm. the good it's really i mean it's just really hard that so many companies are because it doesn't matter how good 
your show is is part right. of the problem, right? You can have well, maybe the best show of the year, and fifty people are going to see it yeah. because it's like reputation plus, uh, you know, marketing plus, you know, you have to have enough cast that has enough friends that right. you know that plus can a location help get the word out that and, people can find yeah. and that has parking and the like i mean that's like a big i know several people who won't go to source theater on 14th street because there's nowhere to park yeah and that's the whole reason they're like i've seen a show there i really liked it there's no there's literally nowhere to park so i'm not going i'm driving from you know rockville to mm-hmm. go to source so they get a lot of neighborhood traffic and that's great but right. it is like it, there's so many components to putting on a live show that have nothing to do with creativity that have to do with just logistics of moving people around a city that is just really 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 tricky and especially i mean and even you know in new york there's obviously the, even a greater problem of saturation and of titling of the broadway off broadway off right. off broadway anything below that well what what is it exactly right. what am i seeing what am i doing and and it, it this seems... is in a macy's right <laughs> the <laughs> window was, of a macy's it's a pop-up <laughs> well that's why i think you saw a couple years ago especially with people doing a lot more internet content theater pop-ups like mm-hmm. theater anywhere like improv everywhere but also like people would just do shows in public places and like yeah, that was film it and huge ten years ago. This yeah, sort of like just do because there was what else are you gonna do? It was that feeling of like, I'll just do the show and like there'll be a show and there'll be people there and whatever. It's like high, it's like high, highly organized busking almost. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, it's a grind. It's you know? a shame you can't like the the biggest thing is that if you have a script like No Way to Treat a Lady and you want to do a show of it, you mm-hmm. know, you pay seventy five dollars a performance and you can do the show mm-hmm. right, but you can't make a movie of it right, right? Like that would be. If you could just make a movie of No Way to Treat a Lady, you mm-hmm. know, and you could get it to a thousand people. Yeah. Right? You can't get a thousand people to come to your theater show and that they've never been to the space and they've never been to your company. You mm-hmm. know, like uh even live stream it. I mean, even do something yeah. like where people could could check it out in some other kind of way and and get a broader audience to it yeah especially a show like this that people haven't really heard of and mm-hmm. you know isn't like i'm sure i don't know who has the publishing rights to it but i don't think it's flying off the shelf so you know <laughs> i mean but that so that's the kind of like what like you you have a property that is worth x number of dollars and could you do something different with it yeah and have more people do it and maybe like yeah i mean there's complicated things with movie rights or video rights but i mean a limited sort of system sure. like, like give me know. give me a six week run of this right. on my Vimeo on youtube page. red right for, yeah like for for a buck of view or whatever it is and just yeah and then i'll send I'll you split it with you exactly i'll send you <laughs> half that money and then you get you know and it's it is what it is it costs it costs almost nobody anything and right. extra we're still putting on the show we just need to get some cameras and do the thing right because so, i mean there's some like some one of the harder things about doing film or doing television is content yeah. And there's this wealth of theatrical content that you can't touch. No. And it's that's always a thing I wanted to do in college. And we had so much trouble with public domain, we never did it. But I wanted to, I wanted there to be a class where you took like David Ives all in the timing and just filmed one of them. Right. Because the hardest part was having a script. Yeah. As a young filmmaker like in college, like you had to write something and that took time and that was hard. And really, I just wanted the practice of setting up a two-shot and an over-the-shoulder and then making sure I didn't break the line and getting the lighting and sound right. Like, that's what I needed the training in. Mm-hmm. And you spend so much time writing something that isn't really that great and maybe doesn't incorporate all the elements you want it to. Because educational... There was also always that view... I don't know if you had this experience. 
I feel like when I was in school, everyone was really concerned about who owned the rights mm-hmm. to the movies we were making. Right. Like anyone cared. It was this big like, because one of us might make clerks, you know, but <laughs> probably not. Like, so, but we always used to be, there was always this great concern of like, and I own the story rights and I own the stuff and you can't steal my idea as yeah. if the idea was somehow super precious. Right. And it's like, no, like the, the world you're creating, like that's precious and. And I mean, maybe also, right? Having, like, right, exactly. Well, it's precious to you is the yeah. other thing. Yeah, it's that. But it's like the experience you get. Like, that's what you need. You just need to make a movie. Every time I make a movie that I don't think is very good, I always think, I could go do it again. Mm-hmm. Or I could just make this other movie. Right. You know? <laughs> I'll just make the other movie. You know? Right. Like, I've learned all I needed to learn from making that one. Right. I'll make this one now. And that's the thing of doing... I mean, like you said earlier about doing the show in your barn for 50 right. people like you do that's how you only get better through doing it right and if nobody's hiring you you might as well do it you yourself. might as well do it yourself right but you also if you do that i remember a couple of years ago my brother started a blog you know 10 years ago or something and he's like i think i'm gonna start a blog is that a good idea i'm like yeah just cool just no no one's gonna read it like if you're cool with that like i'll read it but like right. you're not gonna get famous you might but you won't probably and just so you have to you have to do it for you i mean you have to like what yeah. do you what do you hope to get out of this and if you are doing it for you and Great. creating content that you really care about, you might actually get you might famous. get, and that's how people yeah. get an audience. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's like one of the ones I always tell people about now is um, Hannah Hart with My Drunk Kitchen. I don't know if you know the web series My no, Drunk no. Kitchen. Um, she was my friend Keith's assistant in New York when she started doing that show, and she did it. Oh, Keith, your Keith friend Powell, from my friend uh, Keith Powell from Thirty Rock. Yeah, and I watched your uh, the improv. Um, the web series you did with him. Oh, Keith Powell directs a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a fun show. Um, that was when she was, you know, she was a student at NYU when she was his assistant and she had this web series that was gaining some traction of her getting drunk and cooking. I mean, that was the whole thing. <laughs> and she was like, I think I'm just going to do six episodes and like, that's enough, like, like British TV. And he was like, you should just do this as long as you find it fun. Like, don't be precious about it. Right. And she was like, well, I'm just doing it for me. Like nobody's watching it. And he's like, yeah. And now she's like a big YouTube star and has a cookbook and has like been with Jamie Oliver touring around the country and doing all that stuff. Be- but she was just making something. I mean, she's very talented. I don't right. want to diminish that. And she was a very good editor, which is an underappreciated skill in comedy. But she just kept doing it five minutes every week. She'd, you know, cook something, get drunk and cook something. And people loved it. And she hasn't developed a drinking problem yet. So her career continues. Um, <laughs> right. As long as she's just cooking once a week. Exactly right. <laughs> she shouldn't write. She doesn't go out for drinks with anybody. She goes out for coffee. And that's it. <laughs> The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Doug Wilder for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. I've got you to lean on. We've got you to